Have you ever had that feeling when you leave the doctor's office and think, what did they just say? Or have any burning questions you didn't have time to ask? Or, I don't remember anything that just happened in that appointment. Or even, were they speaking my language? Yeah, us too. That's where we come in. We're the podcast dedicated to helping you understand what your doctor said about that thing you saw your doctor for in the first place. We understand it can be an information overload. We're here to help. I'm Dr. Josh Fletcher, a family medicine resident at Northrop General Hospital in Toronto. And I'm Jake Bloom, the person who doesn't know what's happening at the doctor's office. Welcome to Dr. Dictionary. I just want to make a quick disclaimer that this podcast isn't meant to be a replacement for a traditional doctor's appointment, nor is it meant to be providing medical advice. Rather, it's meant to be a supplement to your doctor's visit and explain why your doctor asked what they asked and help you explain the diagnosis and common treatment plans. Lastly, doctors often have very different styles and approaches to a patient and their diagnosis. If we discuss a question or treatment plan that your doctor didn't mention, that doesn't mean that they were wrong. This could represent a different in practice style or simply the fact that your doctor knows you better than we do and has created a treatment plan that better fits your lifestyle. Welcome to another edition of Dr. Dictionary, the podcast explainer for all of your questions before, during, and after your visit to the doctor. I'm Jake Bloom and joining me as he does every week is Toronto resident doctor Josh Fletcher. Well, Josh, before we get into details, can you start by actually defining eczema? So in the medical world, we call this dermatitis, which is often used interchangeably with the word eczema. You may have heard your doctor say the word dermatitis or talk about dermatitis in the past. Simply put, dermatitis is a general term we use to describe conditions associated with inflammation of the skin. When we think of eczema in a medical sense, we're often talking about a specific type of dermatitis called atopic dermatitis which is a long-lasting, very itchy form of dermatitis occurring mostly in children, sometimes in adults as well, as a result of triggers in your environment around you. The word atopic, if you listen to our episode on asthma, you might have heard this word before, refers to a part of genetics that makes your immune system more reactive to the world around you. And we talked about this on the asthma episode because people with a history of atopy or that have that atopic gene usually have asthma, eczema, and or seasonal allergies. In general, eczema is a long-term condition and won't just happen once and go away. And we see it because of a breakdown in the ability of the skin to act as a barrier. Genetic factors play a role, breakdown in the immune system plays a role, and all these factors together give us what we know as eczema. What are the defining symptoms of eczema or dermatitis? So the hallmark of the condition is itchiness. And if you're someone who suffers from eczema, trust me, you already know this. Other hallmarks include really dry skin or even thickened skin, which occurs from scratching it over a long period of time. When we actually look at the rash itself, it's quite red. We can't really tell where it starts and where it ends. And in medical terms, we say that the outline or the borders of the rash aren't really well defined. It's also said to have quite a scaly appearance to it. In darker skin tones, we see less redness, and instead it appears darker than the regular skin tone and has the same features of itchiness, dryness, and thickening. 
It can happen all year round, and it isn't related to your skin being dirty. Now, there are some other features that we might see with eczema as well. Some people might notice some really small red bumps on their arms or legs, and this is another condition that's often associated with eczema. Some people can see the lines in their palms a lot easier because of the eczema. Especially in children, sometimes you can see a white patch of skin on the face, which actually represents eczema as well. And some people have a darkening of the skin around the eyes, all associated with eczema. So you said dermatitis is a general term. Does that mean there are other kinds of dermatitis or other kinds of eczema? Exactly. That's exactly right. The classic eczema you see in kids is really only one type of dermatitis that we see in people. Oh, really? Yeah, so one type has more of a yellow or greasy appearance and appears in specific areas like around the nostrils, the eyebrows, the scalp, and we call it seborrheic dermatitis. What's that? Seborrheic dermatitis, or cradle cap in babies. Some types we see when you have a direct contact between something irritating and the skin, and we call this a contact dermatitis. It can be allergic in nature, meaning you're actually having an allergic reaction to the skin and think about poison ivy here. It can also be a substance that just causes irritation to the skin rather than an allergy, like certain chemicals or soaps and cleansers. Some children will only have eczema on the feet, and some people will have an eczema that's really itchy on the hands and feet that can actually cause blisters to form. Sometimes it forms only in the shape of coins, called numular eczema. And sometimes you can get on the legs due to chronic or long-term changes to your veins, called stasis dermatitis. However, for the rest of the episode, we're going to be focusing on the classic form of eczema, atopic dermatitis. How common is eczema? So eczema is extremely common. We see classic eczema in up to 20% of children, with the vast majority presenting before 5 years old. And we also see it in adults, either persisting from childhood or newly presenting as an adult. So what are the risks for developing eczema? So eczema has a genetic basis to it. If you have other family members with it, it's much more likely that you or your child will have it as well. Like I said earlier, it also goes hand in hand with other atopic conditions, like asthma and seasonal allergies. And individuals with eczema also more commonly have sensitivities to certain types of food. What are some of the triggers for eczema? So there can be quite a bunch of different triggers, and this depends on the person. For example, heat or low humidity can be a trigger. Certain scents or chemicals can trigger your eczema, and stress can also be a huge trigger for your eczema. However, it's important to note that most flares don't have an identifiable trigger. Does eczema look the same in children and adults? So the actual rash itself looks the same, but where it is on the body can really differ depending on if we're looking at a baby, a child, or an adult. In babies and young children, we see it often all over the place, on the cheeks, on the arms, on the legs, etc. In children, we start to see it settling into the skin folds, meaning we see it behind the knees, in front of the elbow, places where if you're bending that joint, there's a fold of skin there. In adults, we can see eczema around the eyes, like I talked about before, on the hands, etc. So you talk about finding eczema in these different spots. Does that mean that you can actually outgrow your eczema? Exactly. Actually, the majority of children will outgrow it, but some will continue to have eczema into adulthood. 
And what are the problems that can arise from having eczema? So because eczema is so itchy, it's natural to want to scratch it to relieve the itch. However, when you do this, there's a risk of introducing bacteria into the skin and causing an infection. And when this happens, it often will look yellow, or as we call it, have a honey crust appearance to the skin. If this sounds like you or your child, it's best to have a doctor check out the eczema for further treatment. There's also a risk of a virus infecting the skin, and this is the same virus that causes cold sores. And if this happens to you or your child, you'll be quite unwell. It can cause fever, make you feel tired, etc. But luckily, this is uncommon. Other problems of the eczema, because it's so itchy, can make it hard to sleep, hard to function, can affect your quality of life. And there's also a risk of scarring and a change in the color of the skin after eczema improves. All right, Josh, million dollar question. How do you treat eczema? Is it just using those creams that my doctor gave me? So that's actually the biggest pitfall in the treatment of eczema. Just thinking that using those creams will fix the problem. First of all, it's extremely important to realize that your eczema will come back. The sooner we know this, the better we will be prepared for the next time it happens. Also note that it's a really common condition. It can affect your mental health and that's okay. Your doctor can come into play here and can help direct you to the correct resources, but know that this is normal. You're not just alone in that regard. One of the most important things you can do actually is moisturize the skin. Like I said earlier, eczema is related to a breakdown in the skin's function. And because of that, your skin is really dry and can't keep in moisture well. We need to make sure that the skin can keep its moisture. And often this will treat your eczema alone. Moisturizing twice a day can be the difference between your eczema getting better and it getting worse. And even more than twice a day if you can. What's the best way to moisturize then? Well, first of all, we want to use something thick to moisturize the skin. Not just a lotion like you might get from one of those bottles with a pump on it. But rather a thick cream or ointment where you actually have to stick your finger into there to get it out. We want to apply the moisturizer preferably on damp skin, right after a shower or a bath. That being said, moisturizer works on dry skin as well. In the end, whatever way helps you remember to apply the cream is the best way to do it. If it's best to apply in the morning and before bed, then do that. If you have a child and you remember most when after changing their diaper, then that's the best way to do it. As long as you're actually doing it every single day, multiple times a day. Try to also use scent-free moisturizers, as these will avoid any triggers that might be present from those specific scents or specific chemicals. Okay, so other than moisturizer, what else can I do? So avoiding triggers is very important. Managing stress and anxiety, avoiding really hot environments can be helpful. Bathing practices can be very important as well. In terms of temperature, avoid really hot baths or showers, as this can make your symptoms worse. But like I said earlier, many people don't have an identifiable trigger. So just avoiding things that irritate the skin can be very beneficial. Again, use scent-free soaps and shampoos. Apply your moisturizer right after you shower, as this can lock in the moisture to your skin. Lastly, we have the medicated creams that your doctor prescribes to help treat your eczema. So tell me more about these medicated creams. Like what are they and how do they work? So these medications are anti-inflammatory, meaning they act to reduce the inflammation in the skin, which is one of the tenets of eczema. 
Most commonly, the creams given are steroid creams, which work to reduce, again, the inflammation in the skin. Now, I keep using the word cream, and I'm just using that generally, but they're not always creams. Ointments like Vaseline, which are more greasy, are actually the best for eczema. And we might also prescribe not an ointment, but an actual oil, for example, if your eczema is on the scalp, as this is much easier to use. Other treatments actually don't have steroid in them, but these are generally weaker than their steroid counterparts. One thing that I have to mention, though, is that you can and you should moisturize and use these creams at the same time. What you would do is you apply the medicated cream, rub it in, and then on top of that, apply your moisturizer. And how often do you use these steroid creams? So your doctor will talk to you about how often you should use it. Depending on where the eczema is and how bad it is, sometimes it's once or twice a day, sometimes it can be for a week, sometimes it will be until your eczema goes away. It really depends on what your doctor says. We also have creams we may prescribe to you for what we call maintenance treatment, meaning creams you use to prevent the flare of your symptoms or when the eczema isn't acting up, as this will prevent it from coming back. If this is the case, you might be using this cream three times a week, for example, to prevent it from coming back. Are there different kinds of steroid creams? Yes, there are. These differ in their strength, ranging from weak to very strong. They differ in their formulation. Ointments like Vaseline are much stronger than lotions, for example. Depending on how bad the eczema is and where it is, we'll prescribe a different strength and a different formulation of these creams. And often, if you try one cream and it doesn't work, and we're making sure you're using it correctly, you're making sure you're using it many times a day, for example, we can try another or stronger version and see if that helps. And what are the main side effects of steroids? So the main side effect we see is a thinning of the skin. However, this is with long-term use of stronger steroids and doesn't usually occur when applying to your eczema. This also depends on how thick or thin your skin is before applying the steroids. For example, the skin on your palms is much thicker than the skin on your face. We can also see the formulation of stretch marks, but again, this is with long-term use of stronger steroids. Sometimes we can get a lightening of the skin with steroids called hypopigmentation. However, it's much more common that when you treat the eczema itself, it leaves behind a lighter patch, which is normal, rather than it being from the steroid itself. And the formation of spots that look like acne where you use the steroids, but this gets better after stopping to use them. Again, this doesn't happen with the vast majority of people and is usually associated with long-term use. Since we're applying them to our skin, Unless we're using a really strong steroid for a long period of time, they aren't really absorbed into the body, and therefore we don't really see full body side effects, or what we call systemic side effects. Okay, Josh, uh, something that might come up when you're treating a patient is, what is the reason their eczema isn't getting better? So like I said, first understand that it's the norm for your eczema to come and go. Next, I want to say that moisturizing is key, like we talked about earlier. You need to do this every single day, multiple times a day. And often we can forget we're busy, we're human, that's normal. But really emphasizing that point is important. Making sure you're using your medicated creams as prescribed is important as well, whether that's once or twice a day, for however long that might be. If it isn't helping after using it correctly, make sure to see your doctor and discuss the reasons this may be and potentially even have a stronger steroid. 
Of course, if you have side effects from your steroid, make sure to make another appointment with your doctor and discuss the next options. So in more severe cases, are there any other treatments that can be used for eczema? So if it's really bad, you might need to see a dermatologist for oral pills that are used to treat the eczema. And sometimes light therapy can actually help as well, which is when you stand in front of a bright light multiple times a week as treatment. There are also new shots called biologics, which work to affect your immune system and can treat the eczema. And lastly, are there any other resources you'd recommend? So the Canadian Dermatology Association has a great website on eczema. The Eczema Society of Canada is an amazing resource. And the American Academy of Dermatology also has many great resources online. And I'll link both of these in the description below. Fantastic. Well, that just about wraps up our conversation on eczema. Josh, I wanted to thank you so much for all this uh, great information and for teaching all of our listeners a little bit more about eczema. Thanks, Jake. And as always, if you guys have any other suggestions, feel free to email us at thedoctordictionary at gmail.com or tweet us at the Dr. Dictionary. I'd like to thank Dr. Weinstein, a pediatric dermatologist at Northwark General Hospital in Toronto, for peer reviewing this episode, as well as Nick and John Bragagnolo for recording the original music. Well, that just about does it. Uh, thank you so much again, and uh, we'll see you next time on Dr. Dictionary. Thanks for listening. <laughs>